Beck has already helped us to see names are very important, very important indeed. And they're very important at Christmas time because when all the gifts are around on the floor, maybe under the tree, you need to know which one's yours, don't you? And so the name's important for you to know. Uh, also, you realise that names are important because when you're in trouble, your mother uses it. And normally your mother uses the whole name, not just part of the name, and you know you're really in trouble. And I think it happens at school a bit as well, does it? If you can remember back to school or not, right? The whole name was used. And of course, when you think about how do you get your name, well, in, in our culture, it's the parents who come up with the name. You have to register the baby, and so you come up with the name, and where do you get it from? Well, sometimes the name comes out of the family. You know, you go through the family tree. Uh, in my father's family, it was normally the eldest son who always got the father's name, you know, going back generations. Uh, but he had four boys, and the first boy didn't get it, and the second one didn't get it, and that was me, but the third one did. <laughs> he got the family name. Or it's a name that they know, a name that they love, and so forth, right? But as we've seen, names have meaning. Uh, do we have any Peters here amongst us? I don't think we do. Do we any Peters? Anyone a Peter? But, well, you know, as a Peter, you would know that the name Peter means intelligent, well-behaved. It just so happens that's my name. It just fits together. <laughs> Is that okay? Yeah. But therefore, there are certain names we certainly know what they mean, don't we? And how they work and so forth. Now, in the, as Beck mentioned, in the Bible and at first Christmas, the way the name is given of this babe in the manger is the name that God himself declares. And we wouldn't know God's name unless he told us his name. And so it's when you get into scripture that as God makes himself known to us, he declares his name, he declares who he is. And the names that God gives are the names that describe the person or describes what they're going to do, what their role is going to be, how God is going to use them. Where, when are we given God's name? It's a special part in the scripture where Moses has run away from Egypt, he's in the wilderness, he's looking after the sheep, and he sees a bush that's burning but not disintegrating. So he goes to have a look and God speaks to him. And God says, Moses, I have a role for you. I have a task for you. You're going to go back into Egypt and you're going to lead my people out of Egypt. And he said, well, how am I going to do that? You know, that there's nothing I could really do. And in any case, people are going to say to me, who do you think you are, Moses? Who sent you? And God says, say, I am has sent you. I am. You think, I am? And then as you look at scripture, you'll find that what God is saying, God is saying, I am. I am eternal. I am the everlasting Father. I am the beginning. I am the end. I am always there. Everything has come into being through me and the word that I have spoken. And then God reveals more about himself when he declares himself as being our Father as the Holy One, as the Lord, and as the Almighty. And then as you come to the babe born in Bethlehem, this is when God declares the names of this babe, the names. And we know that God spoke to Joseph and said, Mary is going to have a child, 
and you're going to call his name? Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sin. You know, the names that are given to Jesus are not just names that happen just at that particular time that they're declared, but they're names that are declared by God well beforehand. Because God spoke about this one who's going to come, who is going to save his people from their sin. God's plan and purpose. He's been talking about it for hundreds of years. And we're going to look at some of those names that God had already given for this babe in the manger. But here to Joseph, he's told very clearly, this is the name that you're going to give this child and the name is Jesus because he's going to save his people from their sin. What's it mean to save to be a saviour. You know, you, you only get concerned about being saved when you know you're lost and, you, and everything is terrible and you're going to die. Then I need to be saved, isn't it? So unless you know what, that you're in trouble, then you're not looking to be saved at all. It's only when you're in trouble that you're looking to be saved and to know what to do. If you were drowning and someone comes along and they've got something to throw in to help you to, to grab and to start a save, when they throw it in, you want to be saved and you would grab it, wouldn't you? That's something you really want, you really need. And therefore we need to understand, what, what does it mean to save from our sin, to save from our sin? You know, the, the scripture tells us, God tells us, that, that he created us, and created us to love him and to serve him and to know him. That's the most important thing. God created mankind that we would know him, that we would, we would be able to love him and to trust him and to know him personally. That's the aim and purpose. But we know that we as human beings, going back and for us today, we decided, hang God, I don't need God. I don't need God. I, I've got, I can do everything myself. Isn't it? We're, often we're just like little children, aren't we? Don't touch me. I can do it. I can do it. It's everything I can do. And we then grow up believing this is what I can do. And therefore, look at the world in which we're, we now live. We're, we're, it's a bit of chaos, isn't it? Um, I, this morning, um, when I was having breakfast, uh, put the TV on and, and watched the SBS World News. I'm concerned about the world news. I know lots of brothers and sisters in Christ in other parts of the world and as I pray for them to know what's going on, uh, it was just full of chaos to, um, everywhere. And, and we know that even here, there's not only is there wars and rumours of wars, but there's broken families, there's broken relationships. And not only is our relationship with God broken, but our relationship with each other is broken as well. And we've decided to hang God. I'm going to love me. I'm going to be the centre of my life, not God. And we broke the relationship with God and broke the relationship with each other. But God so loved us that he stepped in. And in John 3.16, a verse that we know so well, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Forgiveness of sin now knowing God now and being with him for the whole of eternity. And Jesus took upon himself the form of a man and went to the cross and bore the punishment and guilt of our sin 
that we could, our relationship can be restored with God himself and our relationship restored with each other as well. Find peace and contentment in knowing God, knowing who we are and knowing why we are here. You know, this babe in the manger, to understand who he really is, there are other names that are given. And let's look quickly just at a couple of these. The shepherds, what was the name the shepherds got? Well, fear not, the angel said to the shepherds, I bring you good, night, good news of great joy that will, that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a saviour who is, do you remember, who is Christ the Lord. Christ the Lord. Christ? Well, those shepherds knew that word. They knew that word because the Old Testament was promising, God was promising that the Christ would come, the Messiah would come, the Lord, the Lord would come, God himself would come. And, and he, the promise was that this Christ who's the anointed one, who's the king, who's the son of God, who is Christ the Lord, and what the angel is saying, he has now come. And then there's another name that's really mind-boggling when you think about it. Stop and think and reflect on it. The angel said to Joseph, the Lord spoke to the prophet, behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. You know, a little bit of the TV I saw yesterday, uh, this person was being interviewed and I never, I saw the last bit of the interview so I don't really know who she is or who she was representing or anything. But it was just interesting, the little snippet I heard was this person was saying that Christians at Christmas, this is what Christians believe is what she was saying, and they were saying that Jesus the Saviour, and then she says that the name of this babe is Emmanuel, God with us. And she just said to the people interviewing her, isn't that mind-blowing? When you stop and think about that. And should we stop and think about that? Do you, do you know this is information that you ought to at least figure out what does this mean? You may decide to get rid of it and have nothing to do with it, that's fine. But you ought to at least listen to this claim and seek to understand this claim. God with us. And it was God speaking to his people through the prophet Isaiah hundreds of years before this babe was born. That God is going to step in and the issue of our relationship with him and relationship with each other, which is the core issue, he is going to deal with. And he's going to bring us back into fellowship with himself. Absolutely mind-blowing. And then Jesus himself called himself the Son of Man. And remember in the book of Daniel in the Old Testament, Daniel has a vision. And he has a vision of a son of man coming before the ancient of days. And all authority and power belongs to him. Another description of understanding who this babe in the manger is. God's greatest gift. This baby who is Jesus. Who is the saviour. He is the Christ, the King. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He is the Son of God. God in his Son Christ, dealing with the real issue of our life, 
our brokenness in our relationship with God and our brokenness in our relationship with each other. You know, we spend all our lives blaming other people. We actually blame things, don't we? That <laughs> when something goes wrong, that's not my fault, it's the fault of that thing, do you, do you know? And we're very, very good. When something goes wrong in the family, I can tell you it was his fault. We have two boys and a girl, and one of the jokes in our family is our daughter's the youngest, and one of the jokes is that when everything was going on when they were younger, our daughter would say, uh, Dad, it was the boys. <laughs> it was the boys, Dad. Uh, but we're always good at seeing it in others, and we fail to recognise the problem is actually within ourselves. It's actually within yourself. And having been the relationship broken with the one who created you and loved you and sustained you, and that relationship has spilt out into your relationship with your own family and with each other. The message of Christmas is the message that God is with us, that he has come to deal with the real issue in our life, that in his death and resurrection there is forgiveness of sin, there is the gift of eternal life, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, and the promises are fulfilled, the promises that were given of old. You can trust this Jesus for being right with God today and right with each other today and to be with him for the whole of eternity. Now, I wonder, as I was listening to this lady being interviewed, I thought, you know, there's, there's many people this Christmas and even we ourselves who have got all this information about Jesus and even those of us who have been Christians for many years and know many of the words and so forth, but I wonder, could it be a good time to just sit down and say, okay, let me read one of the Gospels again. Let me get the big picture, you know, not just the snippets, but let me just see who is Jesus telling us he is. And Luke's Gospel begins with these promises to the family, to Joseph, to Mary, to the shepherds. And then it speaks of Jesus and his life and his teaching and his speaking. And it talks of his death and his resurrection. And so sometimes it's good just to spend a little bit of time and sit and read a gospel through, as you'd read through any other book, you know. And we've got some copies of Luke's gospel called The Essential Jesus. This is Luke's gospel. And therefore I've found some copies and I've set them on the table as you leave. And you might feel, okay, this Christmas could be a good time when instead of getting out my Bible and trying to find the bits and pieces and so forth, just take one of these and just read it through and say, who is this Jesus? What does my response need to be? How is this to impact my life? That this Christmas is, isn't just the gifts and, and the hanging around with the family, which is great and very special, but it's one when I come to know God in a deeper, more personal way, and we grow closer together as his children here in this place. Let me pray. A loving Father, we thank you that you've brought us again to this Christmas day, and we just pray, Lord, that as we, our hearts are filled with joy of your love and mercy and grace to us in your Son, and as we share that joy with our families, we just pray, Lord, enable us this Christmas to actually just meditate and think just a little bit deeper. So in the midst of everything that's going on, help us, Lord, to reflect afresh. Emmanuel, God with us. Saviour, Lord, Christ. Son of man, son of God, help us to reflect, Lord, 
that we understand who you really are and that our love and trust and commitment will grow and mature that we have in you. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.